Matthew chapter 22 verse 4 to 7. Again, he sent out other servants, saying, Tell those who are invited, See, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and fatted cattle are killed, and all things are ready. Hallelujah. All things are ready. Come to the wedding. But they made light of it and went their ways, one to his own farm, another to his business. And the rest seized his servants, treated them spitefully, and killed them. The worst invitees were those who insulted and killed the messengers of the king. So sad and painful to hear. But I do not cease to wonder if our generation is not more wicked. Yes, God sends his messengers to reach out to those who are lost, to invite them to a life of truth, a life with Christ, a chance at eternal life in heaven. But what do we do? What do we do? Insult them, assault them. Our generation even attempts to kill them, to kill them with words, to speak evil of men who have been ordained by God, messengers of Christ, true and faithful servants of Jesus, raised by God to speak the truth, to invite us into the life, the eternal life, the joyful life, the beautiful life that Christ has reserved for us. Stephen, in his last but very powerful sermon, spoke to the heart of this wicked and adulterous generation. In Acts chapter 7, verse 51 to 52, he said, You stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always, mark that in your Bible, you always resist the Holy Spirit. This kind of people know the Holy Spirit, but they resist deliberately. They resist the Holy Spirit. Men who resist the Holy Spirit, is there any hope for them? Men who resist the one who is meant to convict us of our sin, is there a hope for such men? Stephen looked at them in the face and said, You always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did. It's a generational curse. It's a generational problem. We deal with many generational problems in our days. Oh, we deal with generational problem of poverty. We, our deliverance ministers, deal with generational problem of untimely death. But how many of us have taken our time to deal with the generational problem of resisting the Holy Spirit? These people were resisting the Holy Spirit as their fathers did also. It was a generational pattern in their lives. Maybe you need to check yourself again. Perhaps that is a generational curse in your family of resisting the Holy Spirit, of resisting men and women sent into your life to challenge you to live a life of truth, a life 
of God. Stephen looked into this man and said, As your fathers did, so do you. In verse 52, he says, Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who foretold the coming of the just one, of whom you now have become the betrayers and murderers. Oh, a generation specially talented to kill God's prophets, to betray God's people. To resist the truth of God. The wicked generation rejects the prophets sent by God and honors and serves fake and lying prophets. If you reject God's servant, you will embrace satanic alternatives. If you reject the truth, you will embrace lies. It's a matter of principle. Once you reject the righteous one, you will embrace the wicked one. Why are people generally drawn to fake prophets and deceivers? Why do people resist the truth of God's word that is meant to save and deliver their souls? I know many people who have, this, who have shown deep hatred for us and for many good people that God has sent their way. And they look for every means to kill them because they told them the truth. I know many people who have shown deep hatred for genuine men and women of God and their ministry and the work that they do. And they have sought for every means like they did Jesus to kill and to destroy these ministries because of the truth. The offense, the offense is that they informed them, they told them, the message of the king asking them to quit their sinful their immoral ways and follow the lord that was the offense i cannot estimate or count how many people have taken offense How many people are offended? How many people have become enemies? Like Paul said, have I become your enemy by telling you the truth? How many people have become enemies unto us because we queried their life of immorality? Because we challenged their life of deception and sin? Because we challenged the way they live as husbands and as wives? Because we challenged them that you cannot be a servant of Jesus Christ and live in this kind of immorality and deception and then they become enemies enemies of the cross but is that new absolutely not in first kings chapter 22 verse 6 to 8 the king of israel gathered 400 hungry man-made prophets together he wanted to know if he should go to war against ramoth gilead to fight or to stay back 400 of these palace prophets who prophesy for gain and for their belly. 400 political prophets who are more consumed and more busy with what will happen in the White House and absolutely clueless. They know nothing about what is going on in heaven. 400 prophets looking for political relevance all stood before the king of Israel 
encouraging him to go to war. Go, God will be with you. Go, God will keep you. Go, we see victory. But in 1 Kings 22 verse 7, Joseph has said, Is there not still a prophet of the Lord here? That we may inquire of him. Despite all the 400 prophetic words from the palace prophet, Jehoshaphat observed that this 400 is not about numbers. One prophet of God with an accurate word of truth from heaven cannot be compared to 400 prophets of Baal who have no idea of what is going on in heaven. So the king of Israel said in verse 8 to Joseph, There is still one man. There is still one man. Micaiah, the son of Imla. His details was clear. They know him, they know his father. He knew him, he knew his father. There is still one man. Micaiah, the son of Himla, by whom we may inquire of the Lord. So the king knew. That if you want to hear from God, go to Micaiah, the prophet, the son of Himla. He is the true prophet of God. We can inquire, we can know the mind of God concerning our lives. But what did he say next? I hate him. He said, but I hate him. I hate him because he does not prophesy good concerning me, but evil. The hatred of the king for Micaiah, the son of Himla, deprived him of the opportunity to know the mind of God. Every time God called him to order and God used his son, his servant, to query his life, instead of receiving the word of God, the king rather chose to hate the servant of God. 400 of the prophets of the king only prophesied good things, good things in his iniquity, good things in, 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 in his lust, good things in his wickedness, good things. When he stole the vineyard of Naboth, these 400 prophets keep prophesying good, even concerning his Jezebelic wife, good. They keep prophesying good because they were on his payroll. But the prophet of the Lord was hated. He was not loved. The one who could hear conversations in heaven was hated. The one who knew the mind of the king of heaven was not loved. What a generation. What a generation. A generation that loves the fake majority and hates the real and few genuine minority. A generation that hates the few that stand on the righteousness of God. A generation that loves lies and things that are unreal. What a generation we live in. What a generation. But God is least bothered with the rejection of his word. For when God is rejected by some, he looks for others who are willing. He looks for others who are willing. Of Jesus, it is written in John chapter 1 verse 11 to 12 that he came to his home and his own did not receive him. Oh, verse 12, hallelujah. <laughs> but as many, as many, as received him, to them he gave the right, exclusive right, absolute right, complete right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. Matthew 22, verse 8 to 10. Then he said to his servants, The wedding is ready. But those who were invited were not worthy. Therefore, 
go into the highways and as many as you find invite to the wedding so those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all whom they found both bad and good and the wedding hall was filled with guests the king sent his servants to go and gather people from the streets to replace the unfaithful arrogant unserious too busy invited guests friends i pray that we would never be replaced in the divine plan and purpose of god may we not miss the plan of god for our lives i have witnessed many people who felt too big they felt too big to serve the lord when they had the opportunity to do so they took the love of god for granted they took their spiritual responsibility for granted until god raised substitutes for his kingdom i have seen this so many times in ministry i've seen this as a believer that certain people will not be serious until god raises stones to replace them it was only then when stones when substitutes have been raised up by god to do his work that is when some of them started running around trying to secure their past friends count it a great honor and privilege to serve the lord and keep in mind that every invitation to serve god is a great opportunity to invest into your spiritual value every opportunity to serve god every invitation of god to do something for the kingdom is a great opportunity no matter how small that thing may be it's a great opportunity to invest into your spiritual value remember that god can raise an instant replacement for you nobody i repeat nobody is irreplaceable in god's kingdom nobody nobody therefore do not wait for anyone to push or encourage you but encourage yourself to serve god faithfully do not look at what others are doing do not look to your right or look to your left encourage yourself motivate yourself build up yourself to serve the lord what you and i fail to do for god will be done by another don't be deceived what you and i fail to do for god will be done must be done but by another first samuel chapter 15 verse 27 to 28 and as samuel turned around to go away saul seized the edge of his rope and it tore so samuel said to him the lord has turned the kingdom of israel from you today and has given it to a neighbor a neighbor of yours who is better than you who is better than you many are called but few are chosen my prayer is that we will all be among the few that will be chosen to fulfill the will and the purpose of god i commend you to god and to the word of his grace which is able to build you up 
and to give you an inheritance among them that are sanctified. Selah. Let me run the race of time with your life unfolding love and let the peace